Climbing the Pocket Network's In the Huddle, talking Vikings, Panthers, Jaguars, and Vlogmas. Hey everybody, it's Dave here from Good Morning Gallahorn, and we're about to start Climbing the Pocket Network's In the Huddle. But first, I wanted to announce that we are participating in a program called Vogmas, Vlogmas 2020. YouTube encourages everybody to post something every day. They go through Christmas Day, the 25th. However, we're going to do the entire month having live shows for you. And this is the first one. Climbing the Pocket Network is going to put on for you. We're going to talk some great Vikings, great stories, have fun, and have a great time. And hopefully hopefully bring you some outstanding content. So let's get live. Hey guys, Jason, it's all yours, buddy. All right. I worry that Dave set the bar way too high for us, but we're going to do it anyway. We're going to jump in, and uh, it's Tuesday. It's a happy day. We got the crew here. We get to talk Vikings. We got Nick. We can hear him. So let's jump right in. I'm Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter at BrownJason. And let's just throw it right to the man, the good doctor, Eric Eager. How you doing? How you been? I'm doing well. I, I only watched live the last drive, the, the Teddy drive of that game. Um, I I was fixed in on uh, on the Bengals-Giants game for some reason because that was I was home I wasn't at the office that was the game on the that was the game on so uh I got I got to watch the very end uh Kirk Cousins was terrific uh you know sort of no qualifications there um Panthers kind of screwed up the end of the game um but you know good on the Vikings for taking that and taking advantage of it love it love it love it and Miles my man you tried to turn over a new leaf, being a bit more optimistic, and look at this. Vikings coming through in a situation that they never come through in. Fumbles return for touchdowns. More fumbles return for touchdowns. Late game fumbles. Kurt Cousins clutch. What are your thoughts, man? <laughs> you talk about fumbles, and I'm like, man, I, the fact that they, they lost a turnover battle by like a wide margin no, not a wide margin, but they they lost it, um, and they still gave up two touchdowns on offense and still won the game. as uh, is pretty crazy, but uh, it was a good game. Uh, like you know, Eric said, Kirk played really well outside of the fumble. He, I think, he was basically flawless in that sense. Um, you know, is this? Did we come to find out that Kirk Cousins uh, is better without Adam Thielen? Is that what this is? <laughs> I think that might be what it is. Like without Adam no, Thielen, um, they could just feed their wide receiver one. Is that what you're trying to say, or you're trying to say no, something? No, I'm just, I'm just playing. I mean, obviously they need Adam Thielen, but I mean, look at the the um, target distribution across the board. It was like basically even everywhere. Um, I think just Jefferson had what like 12, 10 or eleven. I don't know the exact numbers, but all the receivers finished with like seventy receptions, seven receptions, and like seventy yards. Uh, Jefferson had two touchdowns. 
Uh, BB had a touchdown, the game-winning touchdown after uh, basically trying to give the game away with the punt return. Uh, and then uh, uh, Ola B.C. Johnson, he came in and, and played well. Like he kind of like what he did last year uh, for this team when Adam Thielen was out. Like he kind of was just a reliable receiver that um, you, you're looking for from a depth player. So, um, no, it was a good game. I thought defense played really well. And so I'm excited to talk about it. I'm excited to hear Nick kind of go into all his Kirk love. So. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, and there you go. And and like you said, it looks like we had Ola B.C. Johnson with 7 and 74. Justin Jefferson with 7 and 70. Obviously, he had the two uh, touchdowns. Kyle Rudolph with 7 receptions, 68 yards. The man, Chad Beebe. A lot of angels lost their wings, but he had 7 receptions as well. Dalvin Cook coming through with 4. Hell, we even got Brandon Dillon on the board in this game. You know, so a lot of people touch the ball. In this one Tyler here. Sharp, and before Tyler I pass Sharp, it over to Nick, got to give a shout out. We got Jerome in the house. Vikings Jerome, how you doing? And last, but Jerome. certainly not least, the man has been waiting for this day. We know it's official because the books are in the background. Nick, how you doing, my man? I'm good, man. That was um, That was <laughs> maybe the least fun I've had. Vikings victory just because it was a really painful like with the two minute drive at the end of the set at the end of the first half where they like ran the ball three times and just kind of like garbled the clock they had a chance to really go down and say sort of uh they run to kick a 53 yard field goal which they make good you know ended up in points so uh they aren't punished for poor behavior but then immediately coming in of that that like oh getting the ball back <laughs> for the first time in NFL history the same player has fumbles returned for a touchdown on the opposing side so um and from there it's just uh, it's it was a mess and um but the Vikings came away with a victory um and Cousins had one and so it was really good to see him uh delivering spreading the ball around making under a lot of pressure making plays despite Adam Thielen being out so um, really good development. They were up and down in a lot of ways, but I thought overall this was maybe as a group, the cornerbacks best, best game of the year. I mean, Gladney, um, Dantzler, they had, they had some mistakes here and there, but like even Chris Jones had a really good game. So I saw a lot of good stuff from the cornerback. Still a lot of things that this team needs to fix. I'm happy. All right. So Miles, I want to run back to you for just a second here because this game, I mean, it had everything in it. And if you you generally step away from, from social media during these games, but if you were watching the game, following along on Vikings Twitter, I mean, pretty much third quarter, everyone had written off this game. Everyone pretty much saw us. This is, you know, right off. Here we go again. Kirk kind of opened the floodgates or so it seemed, you know, the way people get kind of emotional about it all. You know, he has the fumble. Dalvin fumbles. Um Tell me about, I guess, your emotions as a fan watching this game. Because I guess the strange thing that I noticed afterwards is the Vikings won. People didn't seem as excited about this win as you typically would see from people with a late game win like this one. So what was that all about? I mean, I think for me, some some people are starting to realize the like, realization of like the team is still five and six. Like, it's nice that they won a, a football game that they probably should have won anyways uh, at home. I mean, what is this, their second home win now? I, they, they haven't done all that well at home. And I think um, overall, I think it's just like a – for me, it's a realization that 
until this team starts taking true strides and maybe they've they're starting to take that um you know but some consistent strides you know what are they five of they've won five of the last six games now so that's a, you know it's impressive but we it goes back to talking about who they're beating and the teams they're playing and uh for for me I think fans are just starting to realize that yes they beat a Teddy Bridgewater led uh Panthers team and yes I think you see some fans are really excited the fact that they get to say Kirk Cousins is better than Teddy Bridgewater just because they were just so sick of hearing all the Teddy love um, and Kirk's not getting th- that same type of love the last few years that Teddy was getting, which for me, it's fair, but um, we don't need to get into that. Um, but overall, I think fans aren't as excited because it, again, it, it, they're still five and six. They didn't beat this great team. They're like the, the Panthers are a solid team because of what they've been able to do probably more offensively with Kurt, with Teddy Bridgewater and their, their weapons more than anything. But um, it's not that exciting because, again, they're not really beating that many good teams. They beat the Green Bay Packers. After that, they haven't beat a good team. They've beat teams that are middle of the road or even worse, um, probably worse for the, for the most part. And then they, and I think it's hard to get excited because they just lost to the Dallas Cowboys. Had you seen this team beat the Dallas Cowboys a week before, um, I think you'd see even more excitement because they'd be, what is it, six and, they'd be six and five right now, and they'd be on – or whatever that looks like. They'd be on their way to like being closer to a playoff situation, especially with how you know Arizona lost this week. You know some other teams that are in the hunt for the playoffs. They'd be in a better position to put themselves into. I still think they're going to find their way into a decent chance at the playoffs, but we're going to look back at that Cowboys game and say, "Well, that that was probably the one that got away for them." Um, but at the end of the day, like I was excited just because it was a fun game. It was probably the the most fun game we've seen all season. I think, in my opinion. Um, from both sides of the of you know both teams scored both scored in crazy ways had a crazy finish um i thought it was fun so um i just hope people enjoyed it all right so eric i need to get you in here because miles brought something up and i saw uh you know the the bachelor himself uh, pff mike taking some shots at you after the game uh letting you know that you know from his perspective from his vantage you know kirk better than Teddy Bridgewater. We know that, you know, we are fans of Teddy on this show, but as we really look at things from maybe with, with from our heads, not our hearts, what are your thoughts now on where like the Kirk versus Teddy, you know, debate that continues to rage on on Vikings Twitter all these years later? What are your thoughts on this, you know, after this game? And are your thoughts or opinions on either quarterbacks changed in a big way based on what you saw on, on Sunday? Would you rather be a fan of the Panthers or the Vikings right now? The Panthers have fans. I mean, what I'm saying, for the future, they probably have a better situation. Yes, they probably have a better situation if you're looking to the future. Correct. That if if they both cost the same amount of money, if they both cost the same amount of money. Kirk Cousins is the preferred choice to Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think that that was ever like the point. Although Teddy's a top ten quarterback in terms of in terms of yards per attempt, you know Kirk right now is second. So yeah, he's certainly playing extremely well. Um, you know the 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 lows for Teddy are not as bad as the lows for Kirk, but obviously the highs for Teddy are not as are not as high as the highs for Kirk. Um, but the the problem, you know, obviously we give Kirk a lot of flack and he's been bad at times. The problem with Cousins is not necessarily, you know, who he is. It's what he sort of represented, which was 
the misguided final piece to a Super Bowl contender, right? If graded on that curve, he's still been a failure. If graded on the, is he a good quarterback? Of course he went. I mean, he's been terrific at times. And in fact, you know, every single challenge that, you know, we've put to him, can he, can he play well in a lost season? Yes, he's clearly shown that. Can he win on Monday Night Football? Yes, he's clearly shown that. Can he win in a game where you need a score at the end? Yeah, he showed that last week. Um, you know, I, I'm, you know, my, my friend, our friend Matthew Collar wrote about how he mostly feasts on bad defenses. Like that's a little bit of a narrative, but that's, you know, most quarterbacks feast on bad defenses. Um, I, you know, Kirk has answered a lot of questions this year. The problem is, is as Miles said, the Vikings are five and six and they're five and six in large part because the package deal you got with Kirk, um, you know, you, it, yeah, the sh- you know the shell was fine, but the you know the the remaining part of it was you know ended up being going poorly, and I think in a lot of reasons, not necessarily Kirk's fault, but byproducts of the position that the Vikings put themselves in by signing Cousins. If they would have signed Bridgewater and let's say a McCown at the time, um, we the Vikings might be a lot further along to the destination that I think every one everyone wants, which is a Super Bowl. All right, Nick. Answer back. You are here. Tell us why Eric is wrong and Kirk Cousins, based on all of the things he's shown us this season, is in fact the savior and on his way to being a truly elite NFL quarterback for our Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I, I think if the rubric is, has Kirk delivered a Super Bowl to the And, you know, the answer for a lot of great quarterbacks is going to be no there. Um, that doesn't change the fact that I think uh, the way he's played, especially the last two years straight, has justified the the, the contract he's been given. You know, a top five uh, rated quarterback, a top two in completion percentage above expectation. Um, you know, like he's top 10, I think, in EPA per play. He's doing a lot of really good things. And he's um, he's avoiding the bad plays, but Kubiak's system has like coaxed out some aggression out of him. He's leading, or he's, maybe he's not leading, but He's like top five in average depth of target. That's like not the Kirk Cousins we're used to seeing. Um, we saw, especially in this last game, but we've kind of been seeing it for a while now. He's learning to play under pressure. He's learning around pocket. He's learning to roll out of the pocket when he sees if, if he sees you know an opening to a rushing lane. So we're seeing developments in Kirk Cousins' game that I think you can build for the team this year. And this does. Let's go back to, to signing him in the first place because of how much cap space he takes up. But the problem for him is his roster is just so bad around him other than a couple. Kendricks is great. Smith is good. Um, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, phenomenal receivers. But, but like, you look at the defensive line, it's just so bad, man. And like Eric Wilson and Troy Dye, watching them in the, the run fits. It's just peak after week. So they got a lot of things to do and build around. But I think at the very least, the worst place to be in as a, as a fan is like no quarterback and no hope that you'll have a good quarterback. I think Cousins has been that two years straight of being top five in PFF grade. I think he's worth paying, you know, the market rate for quarterback. I mean, isn't that regarding your starting quarterback? I think so. Oh, Nick is I will say that, yeah, he's not, here. Nick's not wrong. I mean, the problem is no. Nick's not wrong. I think the problem though is that, what what is going to have to happen for the Vikings to be a Super Bowl contender? You're almost going to have to have a 2016 Falcons draft uh, with jo- Deion Jones, Keanu Neal, and then the previous year you had Grady Jarrett, 
Um, you know, you have uh, a perfect, you know, marriage of coach and Kyle Shanahan and quarterback, and you can get the high end play. And even then, like the Falcons were 11 and five and got hot and, you know, they didn't, they should have won the Super Bowl. They didn't end up getting there. But like when you're looking at these quarterbacks who are, and again, it's not fair for me to say, it's not fair for me to every week say, cut it off at four and say, if you don't have one of the top four guys, Kirk's five, you know, you can't get there. But, you know, we all kind of know it when we see it. Like there are a certain number of quarterbacks where, you know, they're being paid a lot and they're a bargain. Mahomes, probably Rodgers. Uh, Watson certainly is in that category. Wilson's in that category. And it's even difficult for them to make it. So then if Kirk's making a market rate and the team bottoms out, a la the Falcons in 20, I believe, 13 and 14, can how can they rise up? And are the Vikings the right team currently constructed to do such a thing? In Atlanta, they had to fire Mike Smith, who was a very good coach, to get Dan Quinn, to get Kyle Shanahan into place. And they got one run out of it. They got one Falcons run out of it. Um, and that's really like the tough part. The Stafford Lions, almost nothing since they signed Stafford to the big deal. Uh, the Goff Rams, we'll see. They're, they, they're strong this year, although they've gotten swept by Nick Mullins this year. Like, it's just <laughs> so a Eric, really tough proposition. Is, is, is that the thing then? So, because Kirk is playing about as well as we can hope that Kirk plays. Kirk plays. Like, the guys ahead of him, I don't think even like the most ardent Kurt opponent, like Adam West, I don't think would have ever expected Kirk to come in and be better than Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or Pat Mahomes. Right. So yeah, Kirk's he's not willing to admit as that close either. to like the ceiling <laughs> of play as we would hope to see from him. So based on what you're just saying, is it fair that at this point we move the lens maybe away from Kirk cousins, who's been the lightning rod, and maybe more towards like Mike Zimmer and the system and the way that we're playing and how that might be limiting what we could be doing with this team. The, philosophy, the philosophies don't match up. <laughs> but but hasn't that hasn't that been? I mean, like that's like the 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 meme. Like we've been new. Like isn't that isn't that what we've been talking about for a long time? Like Kirk played a great game against the Saints. Kirk played mostly. Kirk played really well most of last year and. You know, he he was kind of dog shit in the first two games this year, and he's you know, and that that's really like clouded the beginning. But but the the whole problem was the underlying philosophy. The whole problem was you know wanting to be this power running team or not power running team, but a a run run pass team, and not having a third wide receiver and 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 you know getting uh, honestly luck lucky is the wrong word, but like getting lucky with Jefferson keeping you from being a one wide receiver team. Um, you know, the philosophy there, but also, you know, going into an off season where not 70% of your moves were, were rebuild, right? Like 15 draft picks. Um, you know, I think a lot of which were very good picks and, but then Michael Pierce and Kirk cousins and, uh, you know, and then trading for Yannick Ngakwe, um, all those things we've discussed that's sort of like, you know, playing just a tip with just trying to win this year. But in reality, kind of not having it be feasible, and then and then kind of what ends up happening is it falls on Kirk Cousins at the end of a game against Dallas when you know he really did nothing wrong except for what most quarterbacks do, which is not score on every drive. And yeah, Kirk's become like the, the but Kirk is the underlying symbol of a team that misunderstood what 2017 was all about, aren't isn't he? I mean, it, it's not his fault, but he's the symbol, right? 
Mm-hmm. Nick? Yeah, I think uh, that's right. I think 2018 was the year. That was the most talented. In my mind, that's the most talented roster the Vikings have had in the last 10 years. Every, I mean, everybody wants course, to say 2017. Yes. Everyone was and, saying 2017. And yeah, and the issue eighteen was their best roster. And the issue the issue is Kirk mostly played well in eighteen. He played like crap against the Bills. He played like crap against uh the Bears both times. And uh, in the second half of the Patriots game, he didn't play particularly well. He was mostly good that year. They they weren't a good offense. He got you know, that the 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 offensive coordinator I think rightfully got fired. But the problem is like when the Vikings, you know, put their stamp there, they were they were paying for no bad games, right? The the the, the upgrade from Keenum to Cousins was no bad games. If we if we get no bad games out of the quarterback, then we're in the Super Bowl. And like when you look at Mahomes, literally Mahomes' five game rolling, his worst five game rolling average is a f- top five quarterback in the NFL in EPA per play. Uh, Deshaun Watson, his team's not very good, but he hasn't had a bad game in a long time. Um, you know, this, uh, Rogers has some bad games every once in a while, but you know what I'm saying? And Wilson does too, but like that was the miscalculation was that Kirk would get them over the hump when they didn't realize the rest of the roster was going to regress because the 2017 season was such a, uh, you know, uh, a good run of luck and, and fortune that it, again, it's not Kirk's fault, but Kirk sort of represents their miscalculation about the last mm-hmm. three years. Well, well, and you go back to playoffs. Is that a thing? Because like, it looks like like in all the graphics now we're in the hunt. Like that's something that we were kind of laughing about earlier in the season. But you know, if any games get canceled, we're 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 in the playoffs. We're the we're yeah. the eighth seed. But uh, like, talk to me, Eric. What are, what are the chances now? Because you know there were some lever- high leverage games early in the season. We we didn't come through in them. But things have kind of gone our way since then. Yeah, I and give. The Vikings um, are really looking at the playoffs. Yeah, I give Green Bay. So New Orleans is basically a ninety-nine percent chance. Green Bay is a ninety-nine percent chance. Seattle's a ninety-nine percent chance. And then after that, the Rams are ninety-four percent. That's one wild card, assuming Seattle wins. Tampa Bay is seventy-eight uh, percent. That's one wild card, assuming uh, New Orleans wins that division. And then I have Arizona at sixty-three percent. Um, Tampa, the Vikings have a road game in Tampa in two weeks. That could certainly turn the tide. Um, if they but find I a way to win Minnes- that game, yeah, yeah, I give Minnesota, I give Minnesota a twenty-five percent chance. Um, the reason is, is basically a, a reasonable Vikings fan has to believe that the that the 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 most likely record is eight and eight <laughs> um, because winning at winning at New Orleans and winning at Tampa are relatively unlikely and and you know the Vikings are the kind of team to lose to Jacksonville you know like I'm I'm just being <laughs> honest with you like at this time during the Dallas week they were nine and a half point underdog or favorites to Dallas and they're nine and a half point favorites right now Jacksonville and Mike Lennon actually played pretty well last week so there there are some you know I I certainly am not laying the points with Minnesota this week um, and then, and then you have San Francisco at twenty-two percent. San Francisco has the same record as Minnesota. They have a tiebreaker with the Rams by virtue of a sweep um, with them. Atlanta is actually another one. They don't really have that good of a chance, um, but they do have a tiebreaker with Minnesota should they get hot. 
Chicago has a 17% chance, uh, but Minnesota has a tiebreak with them. Um, those are really the the ones there. Uh, the rest of the teams are NFC East, which doesn't doesn't count. But like um, they, the Vikings have a good chance. That being said, the betting markets give them a better chance than I do, and that that's why in my my futures article to, tomorrow I actually have my the futures bet I would make is Minnesota not to make the playoffs. I think I think right now they're being overvalued in the betting market, which is is historically the case. I mean, people really think people really like Zimmer against the spread, um, and well, even though we've seen also. Wouldn't you also want to bet for the Vikings because of the way their quarterback's playing? Isn't that a big part of what we're talking about? Is like when your quarterback starts playing at a higher level, you should expect to win more games. Yeah, but the problem is, is like you don't want to buy things at the top of their market. Kirk's Kirk's probably never sure. played this well over like a three or four game stretch. Like he's bound for an Atlanta game or like a. Yeah. You know, like that. Like people. Like my thing. My thing, and the reason I'm buying this future is if they. If they if they lose or sorry if they beat Jacksonville but Arizona plays okay against the Rams the price basically stays the same if they shit the bet against against uh, Jacksonville then this price is going to go through the roof and there's always like there's always that like bottom dropping off in the Vikings the Ra- the, the Jacksonville Jaguars have have talent um, you know James Robinson's a really good running back uh, for being undrafted you know obviously Chark. Uh, and some of the receivers that they have can give the Vikings some fits. The Vikings don't have a good pass rush to deal with, uh, you know, what a, what is a crappy offensive line for Jacksonville. Um, and, you know, I, I think it ends up being kind of a shootout and, and you know, all bets are off once that happens. So, um, yeah, the, the Vikings the Vikings are non, have a non-trivial chance of making the playoffs now. And especially if they extend it to eight, I think the Vikings are better than a coin flip to make the playoffs. I think Arizona is the the like wild card team that they're competing with the most, in my opinion, based off of all those other teams that are in front of them. Yeah. It seems to be Arizona is the one that they're really, because Arizona is as pretty much as, as inconsistent as the Vikings. I think their highs are a little bit better than the Vikings, just because I think Kyler Murray and that offense probably has a little bit more juice. Um, but overall, like, like to your point, I think, but I think if they're going to make the playoffs, it's because they find a way to get ahead of the Cardinals more than any other Bucks. Rams, you know some of those, some of those teams. Yeah, um, and the tricky thing, like Cliff said, the tricky thing is, is the Cardinals have they have a game against the Giants on the road and a game against the Eagles at home. Again, when I talk about the Vikings having the Vikings, basically, I, th- this sounds stupid because they could obviously beat Tampa and they could obviously beat New Orleans, but their best case scenario being eight and eight. In some ways, the Cardinals' worst case scenario, assuming they can take care of business against the Giants. And against the Eagles is eight and eight. They also have two games with the Rams, who are sort of yeah. uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Um, and in Week 17, the Rams might not even need the game. Um, and then you know they're at home against the 49ers, who don't have a home right now. And that that you know yeah. their home is Arizona, so it'll be kind you of an awkward situation. For what? So, so I'm, I'm the, talking. The, I'm the, talking the problem is the Vikings aren't good. I'm talking positive. Yeah. Long for the Panthers I'm, to win this game. Like, I'm talking, people say they've won. I'm talking positive. Like <laughs> they, the, 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 we we muffed the punt. Panthers get the ball back. We yeah, managed yeah. The clock management. Cousins goes down and scores. That's great. But then they the the Panthers get the ball against and they go on and they they miss a 53 yard field. Way more drained the clock. Vikings lose this game, and we're not like talking about the playoffs at all. So yeah, yeah, a lot of things had to go wrong for 
the game. I'm not saying that like it was a fraudulent win or anything. Anytime you claw yourself out of two straight uh, fumble returns for a touchdown, that's that's impressive. But like <laughs> the Panthers kind of bungled this one. And, you know, I'm not feeling too confident yeah. after everything that went wrong. Yeah, and then yes, I, Jerome, I yeah. we did win the game. But I think what Miles spoke to earlier is the a fact is that win. yes, we're happy we the also, Vikings won we the also... game. It doesn't now mean the Vikings are a great team, and so we're just trying to be honest yeah. about our expectations for what this means as the season plays forward. Yeah, can we pause for a second and realize the one <laughs> the one point loss against Tennessee is now being is now been avenged? So when everybody says they're secretly <laughs> yeah. good because they lost all these close games. Well, you also won these. You once you won the the Houston game close, and you won the the uh, uh, the Carolina game close. And, close. Can't be good game close. Yeah, that that's the thing. I think I think Nick's right. I, you know, Nick's Nick's spot on about Kirk, and Nick's spot on about the Vikings. Kirk's playing extremely well, and the Vikings probably aren't good enough. And you know, unfortunately, like that that's also the thing and nick wait right like so the vikings in the last two seasons and again we don't want to we don't want to divulge to two game sample sizes but you know need to win against the bears at home week 17 last year and he you know lays an egg and then needs to win last year on christmas eve against the packers at home and lays an egg and it's like uh, miles saying well you know should we should we you know bet into the the hot streak kirk is on and i kind of think well you know, on the roulette, we've already hit a bunch of reds in a row. I, 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 I kind of want to put it on black as statistically dubious as that is. But, but hasn't Kirk? I guess again to to play devil's advocate on this and to to kind of speak to some of the things that you know you will you will also find out there on Vikings Twitter, or even if you go on PFF. Like, if we spread it over a, a longer sample size, like if we look over the last two years, Kirk has been pretty good. Over that, like that larger, so like how much of 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 like you know these bad games that most quarterbacks have at sometimes is like confirming our previous biases versus actually taking a look at like that larger recent sample that we have and and saying that like over in this offense and with the, this these weapons that Kirk has and you know with Dalvin Cook and all the things that are going on like Kirk has been doing a pretty damn good job at what they're asking him to do for the most part. Like he still does. You can see sometimes things do speed up for him. He'll do, he'll make some decisions. You're like, Oh my God. But for the most part, he's doing a lot better at most of the things that we said we wanted him to be doing. And he's been playing pretty well for the last two seasons. But don't you think, isn't that, isn't that, isn't that the whole point though? Like, you know, with the Minnesota twins, like for like the last, you know, for the 20, the aughts, right. The Minnesota twins were that type of team that could that that didn't always look pretty every day because they had like th- five number three starters, but like that's good enough to win a hundred out of one hundred sixty two games. But then when you get in the playoffs against the Yankees and they have two number one starters and all of your starters are number three guys, like that's that the composition is not good enough to win the ultimate goal. And like I agree, like if if Vikings fans' goal was to stay relevant, like Kirk's met that expectation in spades. I think, especially this year, where he he his bad games all happened at the beginning, and you know, and now they have you know a non-trivial chance to make the playoffs. the The problem becomes like the the problem becomes is like the very high end play is probably still not necessarily good enough against the 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 truly elite things in this league. And I'm not even saying the quarterback position, but like 
he he had the great win against New Orleans. There were some lucky things in that game, by the way. Will Lutz missing a field goal at halftime. You know, the Dalvin Cook fumble being called back, all that stuff. But then he he reaches an elite thing against the Niners, and you he's just sort of like you know second class in the, in a in a ten class system, right? Where only the first class wins, and and that's like I think that the the trepidation that people have about Kirk is not that he's not good enough to get you to the dance, but the dance is just a different ball game. Carl makes a good so Miles, point. What do you think about that? What Carl has to say that you know. As easy as it is to dunk on Kirk, because it is very easy to dunk on Kirk. You know, he is in and of himself. He's a meme. Like, and there are many of him, you know, out there. Even Nick, who is a Kirk supporter, makes many a Kirk meme because Kirk is just a memeable dude. But, like, (laughs) it's the defense, no? It is the defense. It is. I I mean, you look at it. This team's got a, what, you guys know the numbers better than me. That's what, I'm not here for the numbers. Just, like, tell me them and I'll believe you. Um, they're, what, like a top what, – what's their offense overall? Like, what are they, top 10? Top 10 overall offense? Obviously, like, in terms of, like, individual grades, Kirk, Jefferson, Thielen, uh, Cook, those guys are tops. I know that. But, like, in terms of what they've been able to do offensively, they're, they're pretty good. Um, and normally when their offense is pretty good, normally what you'd like to see is that on a team run by Mike Zimmer, on a team that – um, you know, wants to run the ball effectively, which they've been able to do. Normally with that backing, you'd have a at least a high level of, of defense. And we're obviously not seeing that. And to Nick's point, Nick brought up earlier, like it's not Kirk's fault that the, the defense has nobody. But at the same time, Kirk's a byproduct of the defense not having people because of contracts. But again, he, he has no control over COVID. He has no over, no over control of like Michael Pierce opting out. Dino Hunter getting hurt, Anthony Barr getting hurt. Like he does like Kirk has no control over those things. And in terms of like, it's not his job to build the 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 defense. It's the front office and the coaches. That's their job. Kirk's job is to get paid as much as he should and to play ball. And that's what he's been and so far to this year, that's what he's been doing outside of a few games. I mean, Kirk's doing what he should be doing to help this team win win football games outside of a couple of games this year. So um Overall, the Ooh. offense is pulling their is off, the offense is pulling their weight. The defense isn't isn't stepping up at least to like a medi- mediocre level for mo- for the for the most part to like take them over the top a little bit more. And I and that's not to say that if they had a better defense, like let's say they just had a middle of the road defense, that this team would be, you know, the New Orleans Saints or anything like that. They'd be nine and two. No, I'm not saying that this team wouldn't still be like seven and five or whatever that number would look like. But I'm still I'm saying that they'd still be. They'd have a better output for the rest of the season, and, and maybe even looking to the future. But there's still a lot more question marks on the defense moving to the, you know, as we move the rest of the season and into the future because there's just so much unknown. Uh, you have a lot of young players that um, you're just going to have to hope take the next step. A uh, Jeff Gladney, who I think has played better than his PFF grade, that's just my opinion. But like, I think he has a a, a chance to be a good player. We still don't know though. Cam Dantzler, another cornerback, we don't know. DJ Wanham, fourth round defensive end. He's playing better. We don't know. Can he be a starting level defensive end? We don't know. Um, but we need we got to figure some of those things out. But they're gonna have to put faith in those players and the coaches to figure that out as they move forward. So um it'll be fun to watch, but yeah, to that point, like the defense really does need to start picking it up as we go if they want to make put their if they want to have any outside shot at the playoffs. Other than the Saints. 
who are the teams that scare you in the NFC? Like, if let's say we get in the playoffs with Kirk, like Miles says, if you have a quarterback playing like Kirk Cousins, you have a chance. Who are the offenses that we should really be afraid of in the rest of the league that we might meet, meet up of, with? Like all of them. I mean, yeah. The only team the Vikings be can't be a little better. The only team the Vikings would be over a touchdown underdog to is New Orleans. That's I think because they were they were six and a half point can. underdogs to Green Bay in Green Bay the the week they won. Now some of that was wind aided because betters I think rightfully realized that a you know, wind game would benefit Minnesota's style of play more than Green Bay. But anyway, they were how many point underdogs to Seattle? They were was it like was it seven or eight in the previous meeting? And I think the Seattle's come back down to earth and Minnesota's come back up. So that would be less than a touchdown. Um, LA, yeah, LA wouldn't be favored by more than a touchdown against. So they would be less than last year for for reference in the in the first round of the playoffs. They were eight and a half point underdogs to the New Orleans Saints. So their their first round game in theory would be easier this year than it was last year. Um, I think in the NFC, there's really only one team that I think has. So for example, my Super Bowl. Uh, projections: Kansas City wins the Super Bowl twenty eight percent of the time. New Orleans is second at thirteen, and then Green Bay ten, Pittsburgh nine, Seattle nine. It drops off fairly substantially, but New Orleans is the one team in the NFC that has the upper hand. A because they they have the one seed currently, and B because I think they are the most complete team. Their defense is extremely extremely. De- it has a lot of depth, um, and the offense. I think if Breeze is this you know, even comes with Taysom. If Breeze comes back and plays the way that that he played in the previous four weeks before being hurt, they're probably the most complete team in the conference. But, but what about Taysom? Taysom sucks. Let's, let's stop. <laughs> so let let's so, well, so so what you're saying is, you know, for those looking for some, did you guys for, see for Latavius Murray? Did you guys see former Viking great Latavius Murray give give somebody the sauce on Sunday afternoon? <laughs> he had so Eric. He, he, but what I'm hearing yeah, from anyway. you is if Breeze is still banged up when he comes back, and we're dealing with like a Taysom led New Orleans Saints team. If this Vikings team can get into the playoffs, even though Flip doesn't like us talking about the playoffs, this would be the type of year for these Vikings to hop in there and actually maybe make a run because of how not great the NFC is and how good our quarterback is very The whole conference is very flat. I could see the whole conference is extremely flat other than possibly New Orleans. But so I could very much see the Vikings getting blown out in the first round of the playoffs and I could see them making a run. That's how weird the the conference is. Um, Just need Kirkuary. We've seen Kirktober and we've seen Kirkvember. Just need Kirkuary. Kirkuary, yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. um, Kirkuary. I don't know I don't if think, I can get with that. I don't think there. any, for what it's worth, I don't think any <laughs> NFC team stands a chance against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but uh, or even no, Pittsburgh. No. I think. Imagine these um, quarterbacks trying to cover the like Kelsey and Hill and everyone. Dude, I mean the <laughs> the Chiefs before the Monday night game, the Chiefs had the top two receivers in the NFL in yards. Top two. One was a tight end. Like they're just they're they're unreal. <laughs> yeah. I do I do think that so the the defense for the Chiefs is somewhat of a liability, but is but defense only matters so much. 
Yeah, and, and Flip, I got to talk about the playoff run because you're not here, and I know how upset it makes you when we talk about the playoffs with the Vikings not being at 500. And with that said, we talked about it a little bit. Nick, what are your thoughts on how you see this game? You know, we, we did this a couple weeks back with Dallas. It was the game that would get us to 500 where Flip could maybe start to think about the playoffs. We're back once again. New opportunity. Get to 500. Go on a run. Make some noise. Kirk Cousins erasing narratives. How do you see this game going against the Jaguars? <laughs> I mean, the Jags aren't a very good team, but that doesn't mean you can count them out. I don't know. Like, Mike Lennon doesn't necessarily scare me too much, but <laughs> I guess we'll see. Um, I, I, I don't know. They're, they're, the, the, defense is, the defense is bad all, all around. They've got, like, three of, like, the lowest-graded cornerbacks in PFF's entire system. The defensive line is bad. I mean, they have some weapons. Uh, Visca Chanel, he's, he's interesting. DJ Shark is good. Uh, and so it's, that's, um, you can, you can certainly see a scenario. I mean, we just saw this with the Cowboys where a team they were pretty heavily favored against. They, they were able to eke out a win. Um, the, the other team was able to eke out a win again. So I don't really know, but at the same time, like it's, it's funny talking about the Saints all this time, because the reason I'm kind of Zen about a Vikings fan, despite the fact that I don't expect anything to happen um with like even if they do on the off chance make the playoffs they're, they're not going to go on a run i doubt but but like you know if you think back to those three years where the saints were seven and nine they had the quarterback figured out they had some really great pieces on offense they just weren't a very talented team overall but i think if if this kirk that we've seen for the last two years now is who kirk is going forward and we have the court out that makes me hopeful that maybe like the saints or like the rivers like you just of them and, and and have a shot and yeah that's not going to be as good as having Patrick Mahomes and Andy helming your 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 team but like it gives you a shot at least if you have that figured out and you could see situations where Jack and and Spielman with how he likes to maneuver in the draft can build something long term out of knows um, as his Jags team very good but that doesn't mean we've seen before that doesn't mean that the Vikings uh, should just write this one in already as a W talk to me Miles. Yeah, well, I want to start real quick. Uh, one thing I wanted to, to touch on about Kirk and uh, the, the Vikings against the Panthers, one thing I was impressed about that we finally got to see was the Vikings passing game and Kirk Cousins play well when the running game was kind of stagnant. They didn't really do much in the run game. Um, that Kirk was impressive was our most me. efficient rusher. Right, <laughs> yeah. He was shaking dudes, spinning. He was doing things he we, we don't really, like, see him do. Um, but, like, overall, like, that – so, to me, I, I segue that into the Jaguars game because – what are what most teams are going to focus on against the Vikings is Dalvin Cook, because that's just what teams do. Because they they think if we can shut down the Vikings' run game, we can we ha- we give ourselves a chance because the Vikings want to be a ball dominant, run heavy team who just sprinkles in play action. If they can stop the run, they feel they have a better chance of beating the Vikings because then that means that it all goes on Kirk's shoulders. But if Kirk's going to continue to play well, that's a good thing for the Vikings because then that means that they can look at more explosive plays getting the ball into their receivers, their playmakers' hands, Justin Jefferson, you know, hopefully get Adam Thielen back here soon. Um, I'm not going to say Chad Beebe, um, but, like, you know, those guys, getting the ball in those guys' hands um, and let them make plays. And I think um, if that's kind of where we're going to go a little bit and the Vikings pass game can continue to to progress in that way without an effective run game, 
I think that's when you're going to see this team really take off because if they get the run game back against some of these teams, that's just going to make them even more dangerous because you can see that they can they they don't they don't need to be as reliant on the run game. So I, I like seeing that if they can do that moving forward. So against the Jaguars, I mean, I, what did I say this against Dallas? Just beat them. They're they're trash. They should beat this team. It shouldn't be some this, like Eric's talking about like. The fact that there's a fucking question mark and the fact that this game could go any way, even though they're like nine, what are they, nine plus point favorites, as they should be, like this game should never be in reach for Jacksonville. Like it shouldn't be. Uh, the fact that it might is the worrisome part that I think we, like too many people get upset about is the fact that like they're still like this, well, yeah, but against the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars who are one in 10. So like. <laughs> That's my oh, that that's the that's it, that's it. But like no, for real, they should beat the shit out of them. It shouldn't be anything close. Um, if it is, flip. We'll talk. <laughs> can I? Can I? Can I? The the Jacksonville Jaguars are the first team in NFL history to lose two games twenty seven twenty five in the same year. Um, oh shit! They are they lost. <laughs> they lost. They they beat the Colts on opening day. They lost to what is likely going to be the division title, Tennessee Titans by three on the road. Um, they lost to the Chargers despite leading in the fourth quarter. Um, they have the aforementioned 25-27 losses, including last week, to a, what is going to be a playoff-bound Cleveland. And they went on the road and lost to the Green Bay Packers by four. This is a team that is that that plays hard. Um, I don't think Doug Marone's a problem. They they go for the right two point conversions. They go for the right fourth downs. Uh, their kicking game has been an issue this year, um, but their little running back is averaging four point six yards per carry. James Robinson, undrafted, uh, I think he's going to be a problem for the Vikings. And I do think even, it depends upon if Chark plays. It looks like he might not, but if Chark plays along with with a Chenault, um, you know they're not terrible on the outside. I, I think this will be a shootout. I I don't think I can lay the points with the Vikings, um, and I do think there's a chance the Vikings lose. Um, but I I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some sort of like grinded out twenty four twenty win that we're all like a little bit pissed about. I feel like Flip is salty that Teddy Bridgewater didn't come through for him because on the last show Flip was very much like if Teddy really is truly a Viking at heart, he'll come through and do it for us and. Teddy didn't come through, and and Flip seems very upset about this. So this is something we'll Teddy need to investigate. Teddy did come through, though. He did. Oh, like no, the Eric, last two times, the start of that game, Teddy was trash. No, he and looked I, like I shit. A diehard. He, he did. played he did. terribly, and he, and he missed, and, and he should have hit that, and he should have hit the game winning touchdown at the before they gave the ball back to the Vikings. So yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, I mean, he was let down by his coach more than anything. Going kicking a field goal, like run, run, pass, kick field goal when you're at the three yard line is a trash sequence right and oh, then there he is there he is yes and then got here's the other here. thing. teddy's last two starts in the state of minnesota ended wide left like i can't i can't teddy didn't let the vikings down against seattle and he didn't let the oh, panthers no. down on on in the last part really, of sunday he played like really shit the whole game go straight he did play like shit the whole game, but he 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 brought the bike. He he brought the Panthers from a desolate situation of giving up a game-winning touchdown. There was too much time for Teddy. He Teddy threw that lollipop down the middle of the field to Samuel. 
he 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 had that he had the the throw that got them in field goal range. It's fifty. It's two thousand twenty. If you can't hit a fifty four yard field goal, go back to where you went to. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Like Teddy did what he was supposed to do at the end of the game. He had he had one good drive. I'll give you that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Well, Flip, we we've missed you. So, like, come here, bring us home. I I know you don't want to get too far ahead of us. So, talk to us about Jacksonville. And and what we should be looking for is it as cut and dry as Miles said? We should just go in there, beat the shit out of them. Or do you have some trepidation because you don't know which Vikings team is going to show up? Or are you like, yeah, you know, with Vikings Jerome saying like, buck up, we won the game. It's time to just believe in this team and ride this thing on out as we move forward. You know, if if the Vikings win on Sunday, then. Viking Jerome and I will be best buds, man. And we will talk talk crap about going into Tampa beating day ass. We're not scared about no Taysom Hill on the Saints. We're, we'll talk about rolling through the rest of the way to get to 10 and 6 and to get to the playoffs. But they got to earn that type of talk by beating, Jack, by beating Jacksonville, just like Miles said. I mean – why should I even have to look at any stats or numbers or betting lines or records when we're talking about this game? It, it, the fact that we even have to bring that up means that the Vikings are not where we want them to be. So so if they win, we'll talk about beating ass down the stretch. I got to c- come up with a better term, better catchphrase on that. Uh, <laughs> until then... It's the, it's the young guys. It's Justin Jefferson continuing to grow. It's seeing if we can get any type of a pass rush at all. Because sooner or later, okay. I just like, yeah, like, wow. Wow. I guess we could, might need like a, might need to trade a second round pick to get a defensive end. But, oh, wait, we already tried that. So. Hey, they got a third round pick back, conditional, I think, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that makes it great. We can make we can make the playoffs without a defensive end. Why'd we trade for him well, in the first place? And that pick might turn into a fourth round pick that they gave. By the way, the, guys, if you guys want to see, moves. if you guys want to see what despair is, I was thinking back to the last time the Vikings played the Jags, twenty sixteen. Oh yeah, yeah. During the Same middle record. of the during the middle of the meltdown. The Vikings went to Jacksonville, and I I don't over under a number of times Matt Asiata got stuffed on fourth and one, one and a half. Remember that uh, year? Every oh, oh, fucking yeah. time. They, <laughs> that they, was, they, was they that had the a year he had one. that three touchdown game. He had like two different uh, three touchdown games. Twenty fourteen, he had like four three touchdown <laughs> games and averaged like one point eight yards carry. But twenty sixteen. <laughs> He and Jarek ha- got the reins of the worst running game in football. And oh, if I had to see that to carry, dude, if I remember, yeah, if I had to see that dude try to run behind Red Ellison for a fourth and one one more time, I was going to pull my eyes out because. <laughs> and and I think the Vikings ended up winning that game, and I think they might have even covered the spread. But it was the ugliest GD game I've ever seen in my life. Followed, okay. and if you want to go two Jacksonville games back. 2012 opening day, Blair Walsh hits a 58-yard field goal to tie it after Cecil Shorts goes over Chris Cook. Like this has been been a this has been a series 
And of course, I think t- 2008, Chile took a safety at the end. No, wait, wait, wait. Just to, just to screw up the betting line. Like, this has been hold a on, bad hold- series of football games. Hold on, Donnie. I, I, that's a great point about the Vikings-Jaguar series, Eric. Donnie, you don't get to talk to us like that, man. You don't get to talk like to us like that. We are the most positive Vikings fans, but we know what a winning team and what a winning football team looks like. So if you want to live in this fairy tale land, pretend like this is the greatest purple team since slight spread, you go on ahead. You can watch a different channel. Okay? We've watched the these Vikings, teams before, the Vikings man. Will, the Vikings, we will cheer worth. Oh, and so they're not out there yet unless they beat Jacksonville. We're we're not we're not asking much. We're asking them to beat the fucking Jaguars before we start talking about like real football fans. Is that too much to ask, right. Donnie? Because Flip because me. Flip was asking them to beat the to beat the fucking the Cowboys at home. And the, yeah, Cowboys and the Cowboys at home. Like stop pretending that this team is like some like this team is some like uh blameless lamb that hasn't lost a freaking game before. Like this, and when the, they when they when they lose, the, the sky's falling. When they win, that we should be praising them like they're the best fucking team in football. Like you, you gotta take stop riding the waves. You gotta you gotta stay yeah. consistent I, with the fact. That, I was like, putting, I was trying to put money down on the Vikings against the Cowboys game, and you're you're coming here <laughs> trying to call me negative Nancy talk. Come on, Donnie, we don't need that. You come back look, after guys, they beat guys, the Jaguars, look, and you'll the get spread, the podcast you want. The spread is bigger in this game. There Take Jacksonville plus nine and a half, and there's still a good chance the Vikings will win and you'll get paid. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Well, gentlemen, we made it through the hour. It's the first day of Vlogmas. I promise you, many of these shows will be exactly what Donnie's looking for. I'm not sure if that'll be tomorrow. Tomorrow will be Yinka, you know, trying to defend his anti-Kirk stance for however long that we're on the show while he Yo, gets a public flogging. I heard Yinka made a hype video based off of that Teddy Bridgewater game. He's got a, like a <laughs> 17 real hype video of all Teddy's incompletions coming to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. So tomorrow we're bringing back the OG CTP crew. And uh, yeah, every day, all of December, we're going to have a show for you. Talking Vikings, having some fun. Some of it will be good. Some of it, not so much. But we're ha- we're having a good time. And uh, hopefully we're still we can be... Debbie, uh, we're still Debbie Downers. We, oh, we are hey, Debbie Donnie, Downers. I'm just... I'm, we're Debbie Downers. I'm playing with you, man. We're Debbie Downers. We're Debbie Downers. Okay. We're Debbie Downers. All right. Tune yeah. in next week. But that's it. Tune in next week after we beat the Jaguars. And Flip will probably be a little bit less of a Debbie Downer. I make no promises for Eric or myself. Miles, <laughs> maybe. Maybe Miles will be back. But that's it. I would say I would say this that's podcast is about Here's my prediction. under 500 uh, podcasts. Donnie, Donnie, <laughs> Donnie, layoff flip, because here's my prediction. The Vikings are going to lose the game to the Jags, and I'm going to be t- telling everybody how they should bet on the Vikings against Tampa the next week. And they're going to be the, That's the roller coaster. <laughs> at, least flip think, at least Flip thinks they're going to win. I, I have suspicious – I have doubts. Actually, no, I, I, I think the Vikings no. will win. I don't know if it will be by nine or more. But I can't win. find a Jaguar fan cover, bet, but they're going to so. win. They're going to win. I, I feel very confident in this. That's it. That's the show. David, play the music. Skull Vikes. Well, that was a great show, and we're going to play the rollout real shortly. But I wanted to remind everybody, since we're doing this every day, 
that. You can come to our webpage on YouTube, Climbing the Pocket, and see all of our shows. And we're also adding some. There'll be some breakdown from the some of our guys that you don't see, our writers. So look forward to that. We're broadcasting every day, Monday through Friday, usually around 9 p.m. Eastern time on the weekends, dependent on the game. So we want to wish you a great week and see you tomorrow night. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Roll, everybody.